0: Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart.
1: Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, it's such fun today. I've got an amazing guest here with you with you and me today. Um, I am not doing the show from the studio today, I just wasn't feeling up to it, so the beauty of the uh, radio station is they allow me to call in, and my guest is calling in from out of town as well, and that's the beauty of it. With everything going on in the world right now, with all that fear-mongering going on, and people worried about traveling places, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. I feel like I am so au courant working from home, the way I've been trapped for like the last 10-12 months. <laughs> so for me, um, being quarantined at home is, you know, something I'm, I'm used to. I have no signs or symptoms of any illnesses, so yay. And even if I did, I couldn't transmit them over the air, unless somebody figured out a way that that happens. So I want to say to everybody out there that's in fear, that's worried about what may be going around, remember that you're not alone, that a lot of what is being said out there in the world, there's a nugget of truth to, and then there's a lot of fear around that. So, you know, rely on people who have expertise and just practice basic caution you know I remember my mom always told me and my grandmother cover your mouth when you're sneezing wash your hands all the time um, those kind of things so that's one of the best precautions that my understanding is you can take right now and so with that Let's get back into my show and just have a lot of fun. I've got my, my friend and fellow tech geek, um, Rick Frankert, is on the show today. He's the founder and CEO of Five Opportunities, and we're going to talk about the name of his company because it's it's really unusual how that all came about. But. What we're really going to talk about today is something so important to all of us in this digital age, the fact that data is the new technology and what that really means to you as an individual and a person in business. So Rick, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun because my listeners know that I have a fascination with data and technology. And I've been saying all along, because I do a lot of shows on cybersecurity and protecting yourself, that data has become even more of a play in the world than virtually anything else. But most people don't really understand what that means to them, Rick. And I love the fact that you talk about this all the time. So let's just dive in. And let me ask you a really basic question. What do you consider data?
0: What do I consider data? Yeah. <clears throat> I think um, everything is data. I mean, if you think about how we're, you know, everybody's interacting with data now, right? So everybody is, is we're either consuming data, we're either generating data, or we're analyzing data, right? So, right? so no matter if we're on our phone searching the Internet or, or at work running some application or playing a game, whatever we're doing, we're generating this, this data, so data sort of touches everything now, whereas years ago it was sort of compartmentalized in certain departments and certain areas of businesses and things. And now everybody touches data everywhere. So when you look at it from a business perspective, which is the way I look at it a lot, in lieu of a technology perspective, it sort of changes everything. And with all the new technology that's out there, it's just it's just amazing what people are doing with uh, with these tools that are with the data. So
1: data, I guess, what is data? It's like
0: what everything's all about now.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting to me because your company focuses on helping people navigate digital transformation journeys, right? And mm-hmm. with, let's just take the, the latest issues going around the world with coronavirus, right? Where con- conferences are being canceled. Italy and Israel are limiting travel, like in and out. They just are trying to tell people work from home, schools are canceling in-person classes. That means that for people to do what they need to do, they're going to rely on digital means to do it, which means a digital footprint is going to get even bigger than people thought before unless they find a way to do it securely. So there's going to be a lot of data floating around out there right now. Yes? No?
0: Yes, yes. And it's just amazing. I, I had an opportunity a few months ago to chat with a, an, a former employee of mine, and he's involved in the marketing side of data. And he was explaining to me about all the various types of information that's gathered about us as consumers, just in general, and how they leverage that data. And it's just amazing to know what's out there so the more data that there is the, you know the more there is you know the more touch points that that these companies have and organizations have and, and it's almost all circling back around too because a lot of these folks the interesting piece is they're monetizing our data so as we're browsing the internet and doing all these different things they're taking that information and feeding it back through to other marketing companies that are leveraging that to solicit us right but we don't we don't get anything for that so now a lot of the A lot of the movement out there with the data is how do they turn that back around so maybe we can start getting credit and get some kind of compensation for our data and what we're doing, which is an interesting take, and I sort of like that.
1: Well, isn't that what the whole Cambridge Analytica thing was all about when you boiled it down to the essence? People opted in and got paid initially to provide some data, and Mm -hmm. then it ended up getting used in ways they never expected it to be used, and that is what drove that negativity around the whole Cambridge Analytica with Facebook problem. That's my understanding of it. Is that correct? I mean, people said yes because they they answered some surveys and whatever and then they ended up getting tracked as a result but they took payment for it and then they were mad afterwards.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of that, especially now that you see the the cookies that are being, on every website you go to, it pops up and asks you about the, the cookies, which is the little tracking codes that track your activity on their sites. And, and those things are very intuitive and very intelligent. I mean, you don't have to necessarily be connected with them. They don't have to know your email and address and those kind of things, but they can still see your flow of what you're doing if you come to their site, where you're going, what pages, and those kind of things. And what's interesting is down the road, if they if you do engage with them and provide them with your email, then all of a sudden it sort of backfills, and they go, okay, this is this person, this is what they did and this is how they engaged. And yeah, it's just data, uh, it's, it's, it's the new technology. That's what I keep saying. It's the new technology. So years ago, I would, I've been in this industry for a long, long time, and it was all about the, the computer infrastructure and, and these companies, how they build out their infrastructure made make them bigger and faster and those kind of things. And then about 15 years ago, I myself saw the trend that technology, that, that piece of it was coming, becoming a commodity as far as how we stored it and protected it and all those kind of things. And it was shifting more towards the data, and all these companies just had these large pockets of data, and they were struggling with how do we connect them all, how do we bring them together to provide this insight for our business. And uh, so what's happened is this, this, these, this technology to do that on the underpinning of data, because data is just, you know, this whole new thing with artificial intelligence and and machine learning and all these advanced automation functionalities really all just comes down to data and just manipulating the data and some very smart people that have built these tools that allow you to manipulate that data in certain ways. But those tools have really advanced in even the last couple of years, I say, that, that they've really passed a lot of companies by and they don't realize the capabilities that are out there from these. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. So,
1: I have several friends who have posted recently on, on Facebook or other places or even texted me and said, you know that conversation you and I were having the other day about X, whether it was a car or an item or something? They said, we literally were talking about it. I didn't do any searches on it. I never touched a computer about it. Mm-hmm. Yet, magically, on my feed in Amazon or um, Facebook or their other social media platforms, or in their Google searches, those items started popping up for sale.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're like, "How did that happen? I never even touched a computer." And I'm like, "Oh, do you have a smart device at home?" And they're like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Do you have Alexa? Do you have Facebook constantly on on your phone or your device where you've given it access to your microphone?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Well, they were listening." And people don't seem to understand that, like you said, data is a new technology and all this technology is out there and it's listening. It's watching. It's finding keywords and things that you're saying thinking that you're interested in it. Yeah. So how does a, a, an individual keep privacy? Is it even possible around data? And how do businesses take advantage of it at the same time? There's such a fine line. It drives me nuts, Rick.
0: Oh, I know. I've been thinking about that lately. As far as the even just this morning about how do you protect yourself, and you know if you're on the internet. I've even thought I'm like I'm gonna I'm just gonna go old school. I'm gonna hit one particular. I'm gonna get get another computer, load all my apps and everything on there, and I'm just gonna work on that one. And I'm gonna have a separate one that I can work on the mm-hmm. internet. So they're just so it's totally unconnected, right? So it's like right. cutting the cable. I'm going to cut the cable to my computer. But, You know, but it instead of just, just limits your productivity, then right? So if you're trying to go back and forth, so you know, there's a lot of ways you can try to protect yourself. And, and I've always said over the years for companies with security and all, if somebody you know, if somebody really wants to get into their organization, they'll find a way to get there. And I think that's been proven with a lot of these companies and government agencies and everything that have that have been hacked and touched and and. Um, and compromised.
1: Yeah, there was a casino that was hacked through a smart filter in, a, in one of their uh, big fish tanks. Somebody hacked yeah. into that because it wasn't protected, internet, an IoT device, and then got into the casino's network and hacked the entire network.
0: Yeah, and I think what you'll find with a lot of, the, a lot of these compromises that in a lot of cases a human being is somehow tied to that process. So there was a you know a um, county near me, and what happened was that they had this big contract for some construction work or something like that. And somebody, you know, one of the bad guys put together a letterhead that sort of looked like it came from this the contractor and said, "Oh, by the way," and they sent it to the accounting department and said, "Oh, by the way, we changed our uh, our deposit number." So here's the new number if you just switch that and make the deposit to this number. And the person that received it, it all looked official, and, but they didn't have any checks in place to say, oh, well, let's go ahead and make sure we get these. Let's call the company, verify, it, and all those kind of things. So they went ahead and changed the direct deposit number. And, of course, it just direct deposited you know, millions of dollars into some, some random account that, uh, that off they went. disappeared
1: really quickly so that's the downside to data being out there and being so accessible yeah
0: Yeah. but i mean we can it's that same thing with the coronavirus we can be afraid or we can adapt it and adapt to it and and embrace it and figure out how we can leverage it ourselves right so the coronavirus it made me think when you're mentioning that my daughter-in-law said to me the other day she's like rick she goes, I'm a second-grade teacher. She goes, that coronavirus, it's just a flu, or it's just a cold. She goes, I'm not worried about it. I said, she said, all the stuff I see and touch and catch here, she goes, I'm not worried about that. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so I just think, good think good of bad, all those, right? those disgusting things that the kids come home from daycare with and schools with yeah, all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. <laughs>
0: She's like, I'm, that's, I'm not concerned about that a bit. But... uh
1: Okay, so so there is, what I think of when I think about how you look at data and as being a technology is this whole idea of this isn't going away. So how can we leverage it for ourselves as business people and ourselves as people? So how would you recommend that my listeners who are entrepreneurs begin thinking about and taking steps to leverage data being a new technology.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it's,
0: <clears throat> you know, it, as I look at companies now and as I've watched and I, and, I've, and I talk to people all the time and companies all the time, and, and I'm engaging with different, and purposefully purposely engaging with different people from different departments. So it's not, you know, I think traditionally now people have a tendency as it's, Progress with technology in the business environment as they sort of slide a lot of this, this responsibility onto the shoulders of the IT department because they're you know they're like oh well it's data let's give it to them let them take care of it in some of the large organizations it might you know can shift to the chief data officers and the folks in, involved with the data side of the house but what happens with data you have to think about it it's it's across the board now it's Everybody engages with data differently, but everybody's engaging in an organization with the same data. So HR and finance, they're, they're tied and they're sharing some data, but at the same time IT sharing data with all those and monitoring that, what's going on with that. We have sales and marketing has their CRM system and their back end systems that they're connecting to, which is tied back into marketing. So if you think about it, all of us are sort of touching data. If you look at job posting and from a particular comp- one company, you could find that you can look at different job postings from different departments, but guaranteed you're gonna find some consistencies across those different job postings that have instances where they're manipulating, analyzing data, and a lot of times that's the same type of data. So um, as far as how do you get involved and and what you you can look at, so I'm having these workshops, and one of the things I do is, is encourage people from different departments to come to these from the same company. Um, And what happens is is we're talking about how do they leverage their data, how do they leverage what's going on from a business perspective. So how do you drive, you know, how do you save time with your data, which can be pretty simple for people to come in and say, okay, how do I save some time with data? Um, How do I save money from leveraging data? How do I drive revenue from data? And then what happens with that data, when you think about it, you leverage the data to absorb more work with the same or less resources.
1: And so many people don't even realize how much data they have in their business. I know when, currently with my current coaching consulting business and my, pod, you know, my radio show and podcast and my, my tech business that I had, I worked with a lot of data I had. You know, I would look at how, how often we were fixing the same kind of issues, um, how often people were adding new computers, how often what kinds of clients we did the most business with were they in the same vertical Um, how old were the people that we had the most difficulty with how young were they if we had difficulty with them I mean there's all sorts of data that we have on our clients and our prospective clients that we don't even realize that we have if we just look at invoicing and billing and products that sell or products that don't sell. Would you agree, and looking, disagree? Yeah, and, yeah. and to see
0: the thing this is you're looking at it from a sales and marketing perspective, right? right? So if you look at the perspectives, it's sales and marketing perspective, but then IT has a perspective, HR has a perspective, finance has a perspective manufacturing has a perspective and everybody has a different view of how they're dealing with their data so what a lot of what what i'm doing is is also talking about culture too because when you're looking at your data i was just writing a a fresh blog this morning and one of the things that i mentioned in there i said here's i said an outside view of your data landscape is essential now more than ever right so employees have their heads down their blinders on to remove the distractions and working very hard for the good of the company. I mean, everybody has their heads down to working. They're, like, almost too busy to look at these kind of things. But if you start introducing data and saying, hey, wait a minute, we need to look at how can we be more effective and how can we be more productive by leveraging data. So it's data-first mentality. So let me give you an example. So here's okay. something just to drop this one on you guys. So there's this this new tech, newer technology that they've been developing, but it's really – hitting the mainstream now and you know a lot of folks will probably be familiar with it but some may not but it's called robotic process automation and i'm not, I'm not sure if we spoke or chatted about this last time we talked but but anyways what what it does is it's you think about robotic process automation everybody's first inkling is like oh that has to do with manufacturing and robots that are you know physically doing something like that or a robot that replaces us physically, you know, go make my coffee in the morning or something like that. But what this is is basically this is just automating um, human interaction with data and with our jobs, and that's what this robotic process automation does. So there's been automation over the years that enables you to automate these mundane tasks that we go through in our jobs, right? So we may have to go into uh, finance, for instance, example. is a real good one. They go in, grab a... um, an invoice and take the invoice take the information from the invoice plug it back into their accounting system and then go do another thing over here and it's like something they do every month at the end of the month to reconcile or every day or every week right So what this this new technology does is it enables you to go in and start to automate these processes. But the big difference is, is over the years, we've been able to do that. So like, for instance, Microsoft had that ability, and a lot of these companies had that. Within their stack and their environment, you could automate these processes for you. But the biggest challenge with that and with data was the whole automation across legacy and older applications and just a bunch of different applications and things that you're interacting with, whether they're on the Internet or anywhere. So what this stuff what this technology allows you to do is to go in and automate these processes and these manual processes. So one example that I've been using has been real interesting and there's tons of them out there is from the legal area. So there was a law firm that, that implemented some of this process of this robotic process automation into their environment and they had a <coughs> excuse me, had just this process, someone was going on the internet onto an open source data Information and grabbing some information that they needed from some research they were doing, and then they were downloading it into their system. So when the human did this process, it was just go up, pull down, copy, paste, boom, 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 find the stuff, pull down. The human took three and a half hours to complete the job, but when they put it into the automated piece of the robotic process automation, it was narrowed down to fifteen minutes. Significant difference significant difference, yeah, and it, it, it reminds me not this just the general impact on the business reminds me of years ago when I first got into technology and um, when I first engaged with um, digital transformation my I say my first view into digital transformation we were converting people from Word pro- or from uh, typewriters to dedicated screen-based word processors. So, you know, it may sound like, oh, well, that's, you know, tricky year old, but I got started in technology real early.
1: Yeah, you and I were laughing about that when we were prepping for yeah. the show, because I learned yeah. how to type on a manual typewriter. Yeah. And then it was so exciting when we went to electric typewriters, because your pinkies didn't hurt so much <laughs> from having to touch, you know, that's your weakest finger, typically. Data really has technology really has changed the way we live, the way we work, yeah. And data really has changed the way we do business, yeah. But yet, so many people so, are not willing to embrace it.
0: Yeah. So then, how as you know, employees, your business owners, and those kind of things, how do you start to view your data a little differently? I mean, one of the big things that's out there is how do you monetize your data, and and I think a lot of this is just sort of switching the wearing your brains and looking up a little bit and saying, hey, I'm going to take the time to look at this data and look at this environment. How if I if I wanted to solve this problem, how could I solve it using data? And sort of come at it from that perspective initially, instead of saying, This is how I used to do it, this is how we've been doing it, that's the way I'm going to try to solve this problem and move forward. Now I have to sort of turn the other way and say, hey, I'm going to try to leverage data to solve this problem because data is just inherent in this whole solution anyways. So how do I do that? And it's not just your internal data that you use inside your organization, right? It's a lot more than that. It's like how do I use outside data? How do I leverage potentially my partner data? How do I engage with customers and maybe leverage some of their data and start to bring this through with a lot of these, you know, these different apps? And some of this is online Um, online data that's open source data that you have access to that you can pull down especially in industries. It's it's out there and it's available. You can pull it down anytime you want. So how do you take all that and engage with your uh, and and engage to drive revenue for an example?
1: Well it's interesting that you started talking about outside data that is open source that you can have access to. In this day Mm -hmm. and age with cybersecurity concerns I know myself I'd be very concerned about grabbing data from sources I was uncertain of Mm -hmm. and using the data that I got from there wondering if it's truth or or not so when we come back from the national news break let's you and I talk some more about sources of data And then I know you can share some really great examples of specific ways that people can begin gathering and using data today. Sound good? Sounds good, thanks. All right, everybody, we're here with Rick Franco, founder and CEO of Five Opportunities, and we're talking about data as the new technology. We'll be right back with more of this really fascinating topic. Welcome back, everyone. If you missed the first half of the show with Rick Frankert. God, Rick, I'm stumbling over your name. This is so crazy. Um, Rick Frankert, founder and CEO of Five Opportunities. He helps people navigate digital transformations. And we've been talking about data is the new technology. And if you missed the first half, this show will be up on podcast podcast. Uh, within a few days after this live show on iHeartRadio because we all broadcast first and then I go to podcast um, and you can catch every show up there and if you are listening on podcasts to the show right now please, please, please I would love it it would mean a lot to me and to help the show get found if you were to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and wait and review it because that helps people get found and please reach out to me as well on social media everywhere at at the Laura Steward or email laura at Steward with a d.com. So Rick, before the commercial break, national news, we were talking about data and how you can use it and the kinds of data that is out there that you have access to open source. And I'm laughing as well because I was, at the commercial break I just went up to Amazon to take a look at your book called The Five Opportunities as well. And I you know, I scrolled down and it tells me more items to explore, which of course is typically all these different amazing nonfiction books that they think I should listen to. But it also has Clearx um, antiviral tissues, nitrile gloves, um, toilet paper, mold concentrate—all um, this other stuff. So Amazon is recognizing from the data that's out there around coronavirus that these are things people want to pay attention to right now. So we're going to make it really easy for them to do business with us for what they want. So is that what you talk about with the data being new technology? One of the not See, see, again, that's like,
0: as we mentioned before, that's all, uh, yeah, from the sales and the marketing perspective. Right. It, that, that's a piece of it. Yeah, so that's definitely a piece of it and how they're leveraging that data. Um, so, but when you're looking at it from the business side, if you're in finance, for instance, or if you're in one of these other departments, and you could be any particular level of any type of employee, and when you're engaging with the data. So, one, here's one thing might be fun just to think about is, is is for the folks that are listening is how can you engage with your company, what can you do, and how can you maybe bring some insight to your organization about data that they might not be looking at. And what you can do, a good exercise to do is just from your individual position, your job is to really look at a few different things to help you determine if, you know, if you have some processes and things that might fit that might work for some of this artificial intelligence that's out there. And I think a lot of folks are just, you know, I, I like to almost generalize it all to artificial intelligence because it's all, you know, everything's being automated and it's, it's sort of artificial. It's not artificial, but it's sort of artificial. <laughs> so what do you... Um, so, what, you know, what are some things that some people can do to look at and maybe take it to management and take it to their, their bosses or whomever it might be and say, hey, look, I heard this on the, on the radio the other day and I wanted to look at my, my job and my position and see if there's some mundane tasks some things that I'm doing that might help me or help us be more productive, save some time, save some money, and, uh, which in turn, you know, really positively affects the bottom line. And, uh, okay, can you give things?
1: a specific example?
0: Yep. So one of them is data access and connectivity, right? So what kind of, you know, you know your answers are in the data, but there's, for instance, no way to access it, some questions you can ask. You regularly copy and paste data from applications, and the maybe, or maybe IT or somebody tells you, hey, I, we just can't get to this data. It costs too much to do that and some questions like that. So look at your access and is there data that you'd like to access that you can't get to? Is there data that's out there that you know your answers are in it but you can't have access to? Is there outside data from other industries, from the supply chain, from other departments that if you had access to that data, it would be really helpful in making you more productive? So that's one thing, that's the data access. The second one is repetitive tasks. Is if you look at your, your job, how are you interacting, you know, what are some of the more mundane, repetitive tasks that you're doing that your um, fellow employees that work within your department, or even people you might, in other departments that you talk to that are like, oh yeah, I have to go through this whole thing, I do all these kind of things that just every day or every month or every week or whatever it might be, that's the second one. And then the third piece of that, so once you understand where you're starting to see where it, you might be able to automate those processes because you can automate those. The next one is is how do you connect it then to some kind of business value, right? So how do you connect it to saving time, saving money, increasing revenue, or those kind of things? How does it look from that perspective? So that's sort of taking it the whole cycle of, hey, I've identified these areas that I can fix, that I can be more productive, to enable me to do my job better, then how do we tie that back into, hey, it's gonna save some time and save some money.
1: Okay, can you give me an example a pretty concrete example, specific, of something you've helped somebody do around that. Like a real, real life scenario.
0: Yeah. Let me think about this one. There's a lot of different things here that we're doing. Um, I, I think a, a big one is around sales and marketing, just everybody tying in their data and connecting the data for the sales and the marketing piece. But okay, stand think. on that. Yeah, yeah. So, if you're taking... <clears throat> oh, let's see, hold on.
1: I know it's, I know I didn't warn you I was going to do this, so <laughs> <laughs> it makes a little hard with us being live on the air for you to think through what you want to give us as an example
0: yeah well here's let me let's see I guess here's the thing so these these things are all it's like out on the edge for everybody as far as what we're doing and a lot of the folks I'm working with we're talking about how to pull this you know how to identify these areas so here's one for example so we have a uh, company I'm talking to that they're they have all this data that they've had for years they haven't really changed anything with it they're sitting on it and um, they have a lot of Older, older programs they've developed around their data, right? But they're still old. So what we're doing is taking those folks and trying to bring them forward, give them data connectivity. So we're taking their path, their data that they have now that they're from Excel spreadsheets and various components like that, and helping them connect this data to provide a a real simplistic, basically a front end. so data about their
1: clients, data about their products,
0: what? It's data about their clients, it's data about their products, it's data about, about their supply chain, it's data about you know, their, um, their back-end information and, and, and products and components that they use to build their systems and, and build out their, uh, their, their products themselves. So it's combining all these various data sets to enable them to get a different view of their data itself, of their environment which they don't have at this particular point.
1: So it's using AI, it's using other software and things like that to take the data you have, call it down into something usable to help you find similarities, maybe a path you hadn't thought about doing, those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, and, and, yeah, and the interesting thing about data and leveraging these new tools, uh, for instance, Microsoft has a very new um, analytics software, is Power BI, right, real, real nice package, it's good for, you know, good for people to do some visualization, but they're also building in all of these machine learning and artificial intelligence capabilities within the package itself. So I think a lot of these insights that people are pulling from their data, you aren't going to know what those insights are until you're connected to the data, until you can start to see what's happening within the data. But I, I've seen that with technology over the years. Um, one that I, that I always reference is back when on the, in the infrastructure with hard drives and, and that type of technology before each particular machine had its own dedicated hard drive. And then all of a sudden, they had this storage area network There was one big Basically, blob of data that everybody started storing information to. Real simple, but what happened was, is when these people started to see, said, "Hey, wait a minute! You mean I can store all my data here?" Then they started changing. Once they they realized that, they started changing things and, and looked at it differently. And the same thing with data is you can't, you don't realize what's happening with the data until you really start to see some of these some of these insights from the data that you're pulling back up. because right now we can't see it, right? It's something you can't see. But once you start pulling all this data, your humans are, we're smart beings, you know. Our brains start to work and go, oh, wait a minute. If I can see this, can you give me this? And if I have this, can I have this? And can I see this information? And then everybody starts getting much more creative with their data and starts rolling along with that.
1: Yeah, you know, I've always been like a data nut, a data geek, so to speak. I, I feel that the more data we have, gives us trends um, Daniel Burris is I just love this man he wrote The Anticipatory Organization and I talk about him a lot on my show this whole idea of hard trends and soft trends if you know what they are inside your own business and inside your own industry you can determine what your next steps are in your business and I saw this with each of my businesses sometimes I thought that X is what we did, but when I started looking at the data, really our clients felt we did Y. And once I went, oh, Y is what they're thinking we're really doing, so what if I explored that some more? And then the business took off to a whole other level. Because what sometimes we think when we look at the data is, is different.
0: Right.
1: But yet so many people are afraid of looking at the data. Have you had any surprises when you've started looking with your clients and inside your own business where you, because your focus is now data and and helping companies do digital transformations and work with their data and do that. Is there anything that really surprised you? Yeah,
0: what's interesting is, is that it's basically no matter who I talk to, and some of these are people I work with and some are just, you know, conversations you get into with people from the industry, uh, different companies that are tied into their data, it could be tied into any particular department or anything, is that everybody has data issues. And the biggest of the companies have data issues, the smallest of the companies. We all have some kind of data issues, and, and we all can be better at connecting them and and analyzing them and gaining insight from that data. I mean, I've talked to big, huge people from big, huge banks and and. and To small organization it's the same kind of thing it's like on the on the surface the facade looks everything's great it's all works it does what it's supposed to do but when you dig into it and you talk to these folks everybody's wrestling with some kind of challenges on their data side but the whole industry which is nice is it's starting to shift and make those you know it's starting to make that a little bit easier but there's nobody excluded from that piece of, of of having data challenges and i think that's one of the biggest things i see like every day and um it's just I joke around. It's, that it's sort of like the uh, the Wizard of Oz, right? When they go into the castle and they have the big fire. It says, "Yeah, I'm the Wizard." Blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, Toto pulls back the curtain, and there's a guy in the back working the uh, working all the sticks and making the fire and everything. In a lot of cases, companies are like that. It all looks great, but on the backside, man, they're just struggling and, and shuffling around and and chasing that that data piece and trying to stay ahead of it. And um, and that's why I encourage folks too to you know if you're in business to really it needs to be in parallel with what you're doing. I think it's something you have to start moving forward with. It's something that's inevitable. Um, everybody's gonna be adopting and you're gonna have to embrace this new intelligent data automation. So now's as good a time as any and that's what I've been helping people just understand in their business where they can take advantage of it, where they could leverage it, and where these things are at, educating them on some of these newer technologies, what's out there and what's available. I mean, I had a conversation not long ago with a. Uh, a big retail firm, and we were just chatting about those, about data, and I asked a couple questions regarding their their connectivity and if there's data that you'd like to have that you can, and, and basically you know, some, their response was, which is common than I get, they're like, well, you can't really do that because, you know, we'd have to do this and do this and this, and there's nothing out there to do that, but but on the other side, there really is tools that enable them to do what they need to do, but they just aren't aware of it yet because everybody has their head down, we're working, and we're only a lot of times companies are only addressing issues as they, um, you know, I guess the house is on fire and then they're deciding to buy the fire truck and train their firemen. That's, I guess, is an and then out analogy that I'll use with that as far as the, how we're addressing issues right now, and it's only when you need them. And when the, for instance, the software's going out of date or something's old or you need to replace something or something like that when it's broken is when we're, when we're fixing it instead of being a little more proactive. And that's not for everybody, but the, it's the trend that I see. You know,
1: okay. okay, so what's the first step somebody, one of my listeners could take to start this process? Is it I would like just knowing what their data is? Is it buying something? Is it hiring somebody? What can they do? I would say the first
0: step is just acknowledging that there is a change and acknowledging um, that data is the new technology and acknowledging that hey, when they start to look at solving problems or addressing challenges in their business to say, If I could solve if I use if I go if I use data first and look at leveraging data to solve this problem, how would I do it instead of sort of leaning back on the way they used to do it? So, you know, you leverage the past to influence the future. And um, I would think that's the, that would be a great first step. I know it's pretty simple, but I think that's the one that's going to help transition us into this new stage of instead of, hey, I, get a, I have to throw hardware at it and those kind of things. Hey, how could I solve this? and and leverage data to do that. You know, how can I, if I want to monetize data, how could I do that? You know, could I use my internal data that I've been generating, and I have all these terabytes and petabytes of data, how could I use that data to, how can I monetize that data? And if I monetize it, can I, if I monetize it, can I just sell it, or can I partner with other companies and we combine our data to monetize it to whether certain customers and partners want to do it, you know, what, and you start getting yourself into that position of how you can do it and it's a, you, know, you start to change. So I, used, I deal with engineers all the time, right, and at one particular company I'll never forget every time I'd go to this one gentleman, very smart guy, and I'd say, look, here's what I have to do, here's what I'm looking to do with this customer, how can we do this? And, you know, those, his, always his responses were, well, you can't because of this, and you can't because of that, and you can't because of this, and you can't because of that, and I'm like, and after a while, I've been doing this so long, I realized that, I'm like, okay, I understand how I can't, right? And I said, well, how could I do it? And then the, the, the light clicks on those folks, and they just all of a sudden look at you, and go, oh, well, here's how you can do it. You could, this is, we could do this, we could do this, and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, why didn't you just tell me that in the first place? But that's not how everybody's wired, so I think, you know, just all this is just rewiring yourself a little bit to look at, say, okay, if I'm going to solve this problem, how can I use data first to solve that problem? And it may sound crazy, but if you just start looking at it from that perspective, it'll start to blossom and grow and build on itself as you start to move forward. Because you can really do, I any mean, it's just amazing now that what you can do with data, if you think about it, you can almost do anything with data now. Anything you think about, it's almost there where you can do that.
1: Well, most people don't realize how much information they actually already have. They've never sat down and sorted through it and organized it into a useful way. It's in 20 different systems or in 10 people's heads or whatever it may be. So, what if you gathered that all into one place and then sorted through it? That's what I'm getting you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's yeah. There's no there's no set uh, set um, formula okay. to this, and the reason being too is every every company's in a different different state, right? Their infrastructure is different. Their culture is different. Their their applications are running different. Their people are different. You know, they could be the exact same sort of selling the same product. Two companies could be selling the same type of product or service, but when you look behind the scenes, they're two totally different organizations, and how they functions different. Everything they do on the back end is different. So everything's unique across the board when you're you know when you're dealing with data. But uh,
1: yeah, uh, I remember when I had my tech company when. I switched over to using ConnectWise to run the business. And before, I'd been using whiteboards, um, Excel spreadsheets, contact management solutions, my head, notebooks and everything to manage everything in QuickBooks to manage everything that was going on with all of my clients. And when we switched over to ConnectWise, number one, I got all this um Intellectual bandwidth back that I wasn't trying to remember 30 disparate things. I could look in one place and get everything. But then I realized how much information I actually had about what my clients were doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it transformed the business completely yeah. because the information was literally at the had a punch of a few buttons to design a report to get the data out. It was amazing, the difference from having spreadsheets and this and that and everything else. And I, I know that's one of the things that you help people do is to figure all that piece out. And I want to make sure, because we're getting close to the end of the show, Rick, right, that you share how people can get more information on you, reach out to you if they have questions based on the show today. And everybody, he's got a great book out there called Five Opportunities. It's available on um, Amazon as well. So Rick, why don't you share how people can find you?
0: Yeah, I think probably the easiest way if you want to find out a little bit more about me and and Five Opportunities is the website itself. It is Com pretty easy to get to. And if you need to send an email or anything, a good way to catch me is just info at com. Right.
1: And everybody, if you misspell opportunities, you will get to the wrong place. I typoed it once and I went, oh, this isn't right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a name. great That's thing that. for people to do is common misspellings, everybody, of your your name. And for mine, it was just a, a typo. I just finger typoed. Um, So, you always want to grab misspellings of your your domain names and stuff, too. So, it's um, info at five opportunities, spelling out F I V E, opportunities.com, and the website five com. So, Rick, a last thought that you'd like to share with my listeners around data actually being a technology and not just a thing?
0: Yeah, I think I'm just and lean back to the whole piece of look towards data first, you know, build that data first mentality to become a data-driven individual or a data-driven company. And um, I, I, hit, I hit hard on that a lot, and, and I think that's the, that's the key to all this, right? You and know, not to be of afraid of
1: your data, to use it, even if it gives you information you didn't necessarily want.
0: Yeah. And I think if you look at how you can solve these problems and you're looking at data first, then that will be sort of the, the guideline as you move forward beyond that because that's what you're going to. Because if you're used to traditionally, hey, I need more technology, I need a piece of software, I need this, I need that. It's a little, you know, it, your mindset of how you're gonna solve problems is a little different than say, well, I use data, how could I do this? What data do I need? What would I need to connect to? What would I need? And then the other technology piece falls you know, that falls in behind
1: that. And you said there's sources to get data open source out on the web. How do you know that that data is real?
0: (laughs) Cross your fingers. (laughs) No. I'm just kidding. I mean, a lot of the, you know, government information from the federal government, from state and local government, there's a lot of those kind of things that are out there and available, and a lot of these other sources that people have been accumulating data over the years that you can have access to, and I think for the most part, they're pretty, pretty up and up, but you know, I'm not going to, don't, don't mark my words on that, and I can't promise any of those kind of things, but you never know what's, you know, what's real and not real, but, but I think a lot of those are just general open source things that are pretty, uh, you know, pretty credible.
1: Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, I recommend when people are starting to subscribe to some of those things to get the data or everything, they create a, a, some Gmail or other account that's not tied to their regular thing. Like mm-hmm. your name subscribes or I subscribe at Gmail or Yahoo or whoever it might be just to kind of protect your main email address. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you don't want to give everybody your data, like you were saying at the beginning of the show, where you, you're thinking about setting up a whole computer just to go on the Internet and run certain apps <laughs> yeah. so that it can affect your main stuff.
0: Yeah, no. But, I mean, it seems like the Patent and Trademark Office, for instance, they have data that's available that talks about patents and that information. So lot we'll right. of law firms that, that specialize in that will download or access that information, and you know, it's pretty credible. But I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of others that aren't that good either.
1: Well, I want to but thank I you so name. much for being okay. on the show today. I mean, okay. you really educated me and my listeners on how to think about data very differently. So thank you.
0: Very good. Thanks for having me.
1: Right, everybody, you can reach Rick at um, fiveopportunities.com or your email is info at fiveopportunities.com. And for me, I like to think of data as something you can use. even if you don't necessarily like what the data is giving you. It's sort of like the right questions can change your life, but if you don't ask the right questions, the answers don't matter. So remember to ask the right questions and use your data. Have a great day. It's
0: All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.